I'm Brian. And I'm Liam. This is The Playbook. I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, Brian, as we said, Monday evening, the consequences of our own actions being unorganized this week. Yeah, this most definitely is future Brian and Liam's problem. Well, current, current Liam and Brian's problem. But on, on, uh, on Saturday, Saturday evening when we decided to go for a few drinks, that, yeah, it was future and Brian and Liam problem at that stage. But One or two, it started as one or two, like it, it always does. And then someone introduced Fireball Whiskey, which is a, a, a good old friend of Brian and I's. I'm not taking ownership for that. That was a you idea. <laughs> I think you're the one who bought the t-shirt. I got the t-shirt free. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, we were supposed to have a guest on this weekend, but that'll be next week. We're going to have two guests on um, at different times. So next week we're going to have a guest and then the following week we should also have a guest. So we're looking forward to that. Some good conversations coming our way, but that's needless to say that you, you're a great conversation, Liam. So. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Likewise, I concur. But yeah, like, what what are what are we speaking about today? I think today we're gonna delve into a bit, I suppose, of what we found out about the differences and the benefits of your long term thinking here in Dubai versus your mm. popular short short term thinking among many people, owners, and um, buyers, agents, all of the above. Yeah, like I, we were thinking of trying trying to think of something to 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 speak about and try to navigate through. And just from a recent example, like I mean, just thinking about examples of of things to speak about throughout the week, they're fresh in your head. Mm. You can speak about them. You can really delve into into the kind of the ins and outs, what you learned. You know, what were the takeaways from that? And if that's not for anything, but for you, as I said before we started the podcast, for you to learn. From, from what you can take from that situation oh yeah because this one's fresh this is fresh the bandage is still fresh fresh yeah absolutely um but yeah i think it's really important to speak about this short and long long-term thinking because it's never something that was kind of highlighted to me as something that's been important and um, i only kind of understood recently over the last few months like what short-term thinking will lead to the short-term mm. behavior long-term thinking long-term behavior and in a city like Dubai where nobody is really well not a lot of people have grown up here you really need to change your frame of thinking and as a result change your way of being of behaving yeah absolutely I think you have the idea of short-term thinking versus long-term thinking oh short-term I'm just going to be here for x and long times this but it is so much more than that it's literally a, a state of mind I think um and you really do realize it when it comes back around. Not to bite you in the arse. Not, it wasn't something that I've done that's fresh. But when someone else is acting with that short-term mindset um, and you see it firsthand, it really, it really cements the difference, doesn't it? Yeah. So what, um, in your experience... Like, I mean, before we get into it, like, I think it's important always for us to, for us to say like that we don't have this figured out, like us mm. speaking about these topics, isn't us giving a lecture of why you should be thinking in the long term versus the short term. It's us discussing ideas and topics that are prevalent in our life and in our work in outside life and trying to get, make our way through that kind of trying to chew through some ideas. And if anybody else is listening, they potentially could be going through something similar, something that they face, especially in real estate, especially in Dubai, where there is a lot of short-term thinking. Um, why yeah. do you, before before we get started on that, I know why I think there's a short-term thinking here, but why do you think 
the short-term mindset is so prevalent here? Um, I, I think it's changing, but like everybody always says they're going to move to Dubai just for a few years and then move back home. And in a city, as I, as, as I touched on, as Dubai, where not a lot of people grew up here, you know, some are, like some are residents, but the vast amount of, the majority of people that you will deal with on a day-to-day basis are expats. They only moved here and they think it will be for a period of time. Um, like if you're working at home, like the first question that you ask somebody when you meet them isn't, oh, so how long have you been in Dublin? It's mm. like people don't ask that. Like in Dubai, it's like the first thing you ask somebody when you meet them. Oh, so how long have you been in Dubai? And you now? get judged on it. Yeah. Immediately. If you're here in less than six months. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's like, oh, you're only new. I used to, I've, I used to tell everybody I was here for six months until I got to six months. And then I was like, oh, I'm, I've actually been here for six months. And I was telling the truth. <laughs> because when I was doing my viewings on the first week, I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm literally I'm just here. off a flight. Like, I don't know anything. Like, I'm here one week. Yeah. So like I, I think it's something prevalent because everybody's speaking about it. Um, like people are only here. Some people are only here for a short period of time. I mean, the jobs don't really align with long term for some people. Like if you be a flight attendant, I don't know if that's like a 40, 50 year, year old, like of you being in the industry for 40, 50 years, like it's not really something sustainable. Like you hear people talking about being like primary school teachers, or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I'll move to Dubai, save up a bit and then come back home. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a lot of negative things that go with that short-term thinking. Um, so many personal experiences that we can speak about. Yeah, I think definitely in real estate as well, where <clears throat> where it is possible if you get lucky to make money in that short term, and you can get lucky with that short-term mindset. Um, and I think that's why it, it's prevalent in real estate too, because if no matter what, if you're an airstress or you're a teacher, if you're here for a year, you're not going to make a million dirham. Mm. Like, um, but there is that possibility of doing it in real estate. I think that's why we see an influx in real estate too of people with the short-term thinking because they have this misconception that, oh, I can come over here and, and get rich in a year and I only have to be here for short-term. I don't have to be here for any great period of time. So what's been your experience with negative effects of short-term oh, thinking let's we're delve deep into this. it seven minutes in and we're getting deep into it folks i wish i could name drop <laughs> yeah you don't want to complete the item no 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 we, we keep a bit of them you keep them on the wall yeah no but um yeah so basically last week last week um, an agent came to me asking that i have any particular uh, a particular property that he could show his clients um, I was lucky enough to say, yeah, absolutely. Um, Rent, was, uh, rental. Rental, yeah, sorry, rental. And we're always open to, obviously, working with other agents, helping anybody out, um, building those long-term relationships. Like, that's that's the aim of the game. If I have to split commission two or three ways, that's no problem at all. Like, if I can build a relationship while I'm doing it, that's fine by me. Um, so, anyway, I went to the viewing with the agent not to be named Mr. X. And um, anyway, f- first of all, he went to the wrong place. But we won't even delve into that. I was sitting in the in the lobby with the owner, waiting for him. And um, that's grand. Showed up late. Shouldn't known. Shouldn't mm. known with his timekeeping. I said, oh. Anyway, showed up late. Um, I The owner was a bit suspicious that maybe they're the same clients because she had also viewed with an English couple earlier in the week. 
Um, I had asked him were the same clients. He said no. Later, to I, I realized that he actually just didn't have a clue who his clients mm. were. Um, but anyway, he he said to both of us, no, they weren't. Um, this he you want to describe the clients? He said no, 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 that's not them. Anyway, they showed up ten minutes later, and that was them. Um, same they had already viewed the apartment. They had already viewed the apartment earlier in the week with him, with a colleague of his, someone in his own company, right? It is so. Long story short, um, he had basically rang the owner earlier in the week, um, said that his colleague had left the company and that the clients were now his, that um, they're willing to make an offer or whatever. Um, and for whatever reason, I think the owner rang the colleague and uh, doing around the colleague and realized that it, it was bullshit anyway and didn't accept the offer that he put through. So that was grand. So then what we found out was the agent then contacted me with the same clients, went and viewed the property with me. Um, obviously, he had never personally met the owner. The owner didn't know who he was. Um, showed up anyway. Grand. We didn't get to do the viewing. Clients had already seen the property, which he obviously knew already. Um, I know that was it. He went home. I was like, oh, look, this other property, such as life. He didn't know us. Um, there were new clients. His These things happen. Anyway, the next morning, the owner rang me or texted me. And it's just like, just wanted to let you know. Um, the agent from yesterday is after going behind your back, calling us and making an offer on the property. Um, so just wanted to keep you in the loop, whatever. Um, I said, oh, that boiled my blood at the time. But mm. I was like, Grant, you know what? Go ahead, take the offer. Uh, it's lesson learned from my on my behalf. Um, and I suppose the big thing, I had a good conversation then with the owners, the, the husband and the wife both text me to be like, look, we're absolutely appalled by this. Mm. Um, I said, no, continue with the deal, get the deal done. And yeah, anyway, listen, the, the, the way it finished up was they said, look, yeah, we'll get the deal done. Um, these owners have a total of 17 properties on the PAM. They said that they'll never be working with that agent again. Um, this one deal, they'll never apply to him again. And that they'll work with me long term. They gave me three of the other properties that are coming on the market. Um, and it's a foot in the door for me building a relationship with them. Like So as, as, as much of a sting as it is, um, it works out better for me in the long run. But it's just, obviously, that agent had zero clue first of all who is dealing with owner wise to show your true colors to 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 an owner on the palm that has 17 properties is, is outrageous to show your true colors to us and our company no one on our company and i deal with them again and he also snakes someone in his company at the same time so he managed to make a show of himself to three groups of people with one poor decision or two poor decisions um, purely because his short, short-term thinking and get this deal done and get X amount of commission for a 230k deal. Like yeah, it's, it would have been like, what, like 3,000 dirham or two and a half or something. Is it really worth it? No. Do you know? Um, but yeah, that was my, um, that was my sting of the week last week. First time, to be fair, it's happened to me since I came. So what's that? Five months, six months. 
I've been in Dubai six months. <laughs> um, it's the first time it happens. So look, it's you hear these things happening. Um, it was good, good to get out of the way on a small deal like that. Hundred percent, man. Like, did you did you go from how quickly did you go from being annoyed to being like, all right, like this guy? Probably actually in the space of before I even finished the conversation with the owner, because mm. the way the like. First of all, fair play to the owner for for calling me and letting me know because there's so many owners out there that I'm like, Grant, say nothing. Um, but it was literally before I finished the conversation because he was like, look, we're, we're never going to deal with this guy again. Um, we'll work with you long term. Here's what else we have. You've been unfairly treated here. This is what we're going to try and do. Mm. Like, Yeah, and they said that like you're somebody that will be working with the long term. But like, mm. I guarantee you that deal will not go through. I, it, it has not gone through yet and I don't think it will. You're not gonna have anything to do with it. Like we're not the kind of people to try and like make that deal fall apart, but it's just not gonna go through. It'd be a like, bad omen anyway. It so, will, like yeah. it will. And I can make a bet like that that guy in a year's time, nobody will know who he is. Oh, he, I won't say he, he'll be here. He won't be here. That's what I mean. He'll be gone back home. Yeah. Because like he's straight off the boat, like so like you can't be desperate enough of you like you know suffering for rent for you to justify your yeah. irrational behavior like that is just somebody just even, coming in with, even the fact that he didn't know the fact that he didn't know the owners yeah do you know what i mean if you're a pam jamera specialist as, as he, he has as he bio. has in his bio oh um and he didn't know these particular owners like anybody that knows the pam if i said their name now they'd be like oh yeah yeah i know them the name off list of properties yeah this man clueless hilarious that is the funniest it's it's so funny because like the funny thing about it wasn't fucking funny with me waiting until half seven even to do with you and (laughs) but like glad you found the funny there's that that story is so funny because of him not knowing like like the repercussions like and you know exactly like what he's actually like the grave that he's dug himself like and those owners are well connected, like as in they're in all the, the group chats, like they're dealing with so many agents. Yeah. They have 17 properties like, um, so yeah, he don't, he doesn't realize how many no. bridges he's burnt, like in, including within his company, outside his company, even you telling the story, like to people in, in person when we share uh, Absolutely. Name, like, any, any agent I was working with, like, any agent that I get on with, oh, they got a screenshot of who he was like, do you know what I mean? Straight off the bat, it's like, look, this is what he's after into me. Don't even entertain him if he if he does, and that went to just on my message ten alone. No doubt they will have shared it with whatever agents that they're closer or whatever. Did and you think? Sorry to interrupt. Did you think coming over here that that would is what the industry would be like? Like I feel like some people have an unfair like opinion of of what the market and what being a real estate agent in Dubai would like. Like it's a doggy dog. Mm-hmm. Like I think I knew obviously because you you had told me. But I think coming over here, you, why would you think it's like that? No, but it, I don't think it is like that, though. Like, it's it's what you make of it. Like, if you watch Dubai Hustle or Dubai Blink, yeah, whichever one whichever them, yeah. one they are, like, I watched one episode and there was this guy, Snake, and somebody else in the company in order to get TV, a deal across the line. I know what people think TV is reality. Yeah, and like, that's what you have why to do. Why do you think people cry at Marley and me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but people think that is reality. And when I first came, I remember speaking to somebody there like, Oh, like it's a doggy dog industry. Like there's this guy in my company who goes behind other agents' backs and like speaks to owners and gets deals done. And is like, oh, don't list that with them, list with me. And I just laughed. And I was just like, part of me was like, oh, should I actually be doing that? Like, and then part of me was just like, 
no like fuck that like it's nothing in, to do with it, with industry or anything if you, you're a piece of shit if yeah you're doing and, it, like where are your owner, morals the owner that you're working with if they know that you're snaking out somebody else in the company yeah. they're not going to trust you like yeah. as in like if if you are going behind somebody else's back and you're showing that you're untrustful to your colleagues like they're going to assume that you would do the exact same yeah, thing absolutely. if they you, you got you got a chance and and you would like and like the industry just the industry just gets rid of those people like but as that, in if go on sorry no like if if you wrong me once like as in if you go behind my back once I will never work with you again once you don't understand shy, yeah. like the short term gain equals X amount in my bank account the long term losses X amount in my bank account that I will never never earn because of mm. what I've done like and you and this this is the thing like the 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 hidden metric, the hidden thing that you cannot see is the amount of money you wouldn't, you would have mm. made if you didn't do that. So the only thing you can see is the amount of money that you did make. Yeah. So you're pointing that as proof as why it worked rather than the amount of money that you didn't make because you can't see it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's more down to the whole thing of leading with commission. Mm. That's, that's what you wanted to do straight off the bat. Like didn't even give a relationship or building that connection a chance. You just wanted your extra 3,000 dirham. Like, crazy but it, it leads into two i suppose the short and long-term thinking of an owner as well um, because if an owner is happy enough to deal with that person then then they have the same issue you know they're just short-term thinking they don't give a shit get the property rented um, and i suppose they don't care about building that relationship too so an owner that has that long-term thinking just that tell that agent to fuck off yeah. you have to understand like this what i remind myself to is that like I'm only going to deal with long-term people like, and like short-term people like, like you get short-term owners, you get short-term agents, you get long-term agents, you get long-term owners. An example of a short-term owner would be somebody who leaves their apartment vacant for six or 12 months, mm. tries to achieve a high price in terms of rent and then doesn't get it rented. Ultimately, rent it for what you told them to rent it for six months ago. Yeah, and and a long-term, a long-term owner would be somebody who values good tenants like, that are there as long-term tenants and that would be paying rent every yeah. single year for 10 years rather than, you know, one or two clients over a five-year period that pay like above market price and then it's vacant. Absolutely. Like we worked out, we did the maths on, on a property of mine that was left vacant that the owner just had a price on it that wasn't achievable for five months. Six months, man. He lost 150,000 dirham. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Do you know what I mean? And he thought, oh, well, if I can't achieve this price, I, I'm not in a rush to get it. And all we are telling them to reduce it by was, if, actually for what it went for, for, for what it went for now versus what it, he was looking for back then is what? 70,000. Yeah, well, he, was, well, he wasn't going to get that for it. But he tried to, he had it on the market for 300,000 to begin yeah. with and then it rented at 230, like 70,000 there. I'm like, that's like- 70,000, right? But if he had to take that 230 at the beginning, he would- have that renewed like do you know what I mean he, he had it vacant for six mm. months do you know what I mean so that's 115 that's 115k he lost out on for the sake of 70k yeah literally a half of a tenancy contract like but yeah I, I actually haven't had I don't know I haven't had any anybody another agent like fuck me over I've had a client fuck me over actually. oh you haven't had another agent no oh let me be your first no I haven't oh that client maybe we should add him to the wall which one? What's his name? Um, 
not to be trusted wall. But yeah, I, I think I spoke about this and he he used the term, it's a dog eat dog industry. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I have to look after my own. He had a contract signed with me. No, no, no. He had a contract drafted. He had an owner in London running around to make everything you know, get owner, what age was this owner first? He was in his like 80s and he was running around London making sure that service charges were cleared and that the property checked out and that he could dr- print off the contract, get it signed. The client was leading us on saying he's really, really interested. He wants this. He only wants this property and um, he was ready to sign yeah, it. So the owner was doing what he could from. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we were bending over backwards for the guy with all these extra additional requirements and he didn't say he was working with another agent looking at different properties. And then on the day of signing, like he literally just called me and was like, no, text me. Didn't even have the balls to call mm-hmm. me. Text me being like, I signed elsewhere. Business is business. Yeah. But then I was like to the owner's son who was dealing on the property, I explained the situation and he hit the fucking roof. He hit the roof, hit the roof. Because I had text back the guy and I was just like, like I'm, I'm not gonna go down this guy's throat. Like I was like, all right, what, whatever. I didn't yeah. think you were going. You were looking elsewhere. Um, I'm disappointed. And when I told the owner's son what had happened, he went berserk. Yeah, he went berserk, and he was demanding that I gave him his number. I was like, oh, I can't give you his number. And he was like, I was like, but it's just have I, a look at the contract. I was like, buddy. but I sent you over the contract. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got the contract, gave the guy a call, and went through him for a shortcut. Yeah. Went absolutely through him. And fair enough. Think of your granddad running around London at half eight on a Tuesday evening trying to get contracts printed off for. But and then like and then I saw him like a few weeks ago, like and like he just he I he was avoiding me, like clearly avoiding me, like. And like I'm here for someone. I'm here for the long term. Like I'm yeah. gonna be on shoreline, like dealing in that area for for God knows how long. And yeah, he, he I don't know if he realizes if he's burnt that many bridges. I actually yeah. haven't had any other agents. The like, fact, go behind the my fact back. that he's avoiding you, he's shameful of what yeah, he did. He, knows like, he does something wrong. Do you know what I mean? So you can't say business is business. It's dog eat dog. You're ashamed of what you've done. Therefore, you've done something mm-hmm. wrong. Like. Yeah, it's important for me to like for when I'm just deciding between like a short term and long term decision, like I have to really kind of delay that gratification. Like I have to think in the long term, like what would long term Brian want me to do here? Like future Brian, future Brian, future, future Brian, like Brian in 10 years, what would what would he want me to make in this decision? Because I don't want to make any decisions that I, I fundamentally regret, like um, obviously the small micro decisions that I would, but. Yeah, for example, like, like going out Saturday night. Exactly, exactly. And then you try and justify it in your head and be like, "Oh, I deserved it." But anyways, um, the one example of of that was when I told you this story the other day, where I was coming back from Thailand, and one of my clients I couldn't do a viewing with did a viewing with an agent from another company, and he did it in the property that he inquired on with me, and I was still speaking to him about the property. I was still giving him advice, saying that I was going to schedule this and this for him when I was back. Turned out he really liked the property. Um, and then he said he was making an offer through that agent. Agent wasn't really around. He wasn't really answering his phone or something. Um, apparently he was in the UK and he was in between Dubai and the UK and he wasn't really getting back to him. And then the client was like, this guy, this agent, I don't, I don't respect him. I don't like him. I don't, you know, do, understand what he's doing. So I want to make an offer through you. I was like, fine. Cause I had no, absolutely no idea. Like, I mean, who am I to say no to somebody when they, decided to choose one service over another. I had no idea like who the person was. And you had initially shown him the option anyway. 
I'd shown, but I hadn't shown yeah, it. Viewed on like, yeah, no, I didn't view it. And then I get this call from an agent being like, oh, hi, Brian. Um, yeah, my client is is trying to offer through you and the property that I viewed with him. How, do you, how did he know they were offering through you? So the, the owner of the property, who was like a, a property manager, told the other agent that it was mm-hmm. it was me from a legion. And he was like, oh, Brian, um, this guy is really rational. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know, you know why he's making this decision. Like, is there any way that you just split this deal with me? Like, and he can still go through you and go through your man. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to trust him. Like, and I didn't, because he came from a company that I didn't really trust based of, of what other people had told me. Um, but like, yeah, the way I weighed it up was, yeah, I, I didn't want to burn any bridges. Like, and I knew, I knew deep down what the right decision was like, was just to split it with him because he seemed somewhat all right. Like, um, and I was just like a short sacrifice of me taking a, a, a pay hit versus a long-term like relationship with this mm. guy. And good thing I, I decided to tell, like to split the deal with him or tell him I'd split the deal because it ended up falling through anyways. The client actually did to did to me what he'd done to that age. What a dick. So the client was a bit of a dick. Um, so we didn't close that deal, but I still showed the guy the bit of respect or the bit of long-term thinking mm. of, yeah, like I'm, I'm more about building relationships here mm. than earning a quick book and then dipping and um, because it would have been egg on my face if that didn't go through if yeah, i denied yeah, him absolutely. splitting the deal and then it didn't go through then as a result like he's he's like referred he's like here, a yeah. good bit of business to me like and and he even up, even that, that like, company you have vouched for him do you know what i mean i've reached out to him and was looking for properties here or there and wherever and 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 therefore he's reaching out to me do you know what i mean so if you have the group of people that you trust and and people that will vouch for you do you know yeah, it's, it, was, um, it was funny because he left the company that he's working for and he said that the company were telling him to snake me out of it then as yeah. the deal was progressing. But, look, when, but he when was saying no as well. When there's companies pushing that and there's managing directors and managers pushing that way of thinking just to put mushroom, they don't give a shit. Like It's not mm. their face that's, that's screwing people over. You know, they don't have to. Well, like it's their brand. Like it's their company. They should. They should, like by rights they should. But like it's yeah. just managers and company owners or directors or whatever who's in the short term thinking. They have as well. the money like, made. Like yeah. like they're shit all the way to the top. I think Chris Williamson spoke about this. It was just like, oh yeah, like these owners, these managing directors, these CEOs. You expect them to be, you know, a perfect kind of person. It's just no, like. They're, they're they idiots too. Like, too like, yeah. They're idiots too. Like they, yeah. they do. They're facing the same issues as you. They make bad decisions like you. They make worse decisions by you. But just by a number of factors, they got to where they were. And mm. um, I think it's important to understand there is shit to the very top. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose there's two experiences on short term thinking: one good, one bad. Mm. Lucky enough, you got blessed with the good one. Yeah, lucky enough. Like I still haven't. I'm trying to think. Other than that, I haven't because if if somebody does, you know, do me a turn like that, like I just never deal with them again. Yeah. Um, As you were saying earlier on, I don't think you explained that. Maybe we should have his face on the wall. Who's your your client? The client. You didn't explain. That would be kind of weird. You didn't explain what the wall was. Oh yeah, the not to be trusted wall. Not to be it's trusted. Kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wall in the me. office. There's a wall in the office, and. Um, yeah, any any snake or yeah, literally the not to be trusted wall. Yeah, and whoever any of our colleagues or whatever, if there's someone that snakes someone or you hear someone snaking someone, they get printed mm-hmm. off and stuck in the wall. So yeah, it's in front of me and Liam's desks, and I find it so funny. A few months ago, our old um, or somebody t- told us to put 
your vision board like in front of you like and and people are putting up like villas and like cars or whatever and watches and watches and we've got a wall of people who snaky fucking agents (laughs) who is the enemy so when i'm lacking motivation or i'm lacking um any desire to keep working i just look at them it's like yeah look over brian's and then just steam coming out of his ears (laughs) staring at the wall uh growling at it. oh it's so petty but i love it yeah absolutely, absolutely love who it. is enemy who is the enemy <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but um that's it i suppose like and that's where your short-term thinking gets you it gets you on the fucking illusion wall of snaky agents um, brian and liam wall of not to be trusted yeah you definitely don't want to be there you don't want to be there <laughs> but that's it like and uh, that's your short-term thinking i suppose from from a seller's point of view um, or, a, or an owner's point of view, what's your short-term versus long-term thinking? Um, Obviously, we touched on it there with, with the rent prices and everything like that, but is there anything else you've experienced dealing with owners around that you're like, why can't you change your mindset? Like, why can't you see what I'm trying to tell you here? Mm. I think it's, yeah, I think I, like I kind of touched on the whole owners things. Like, I, yeah, you, you do get a lot of that. Um, but like in terms of like buyers, like investors, like I was speaking to a guy just before before we came home and he was talking about the market being overpriced. And I said, yes, but it depends what you're investing for. Like mm. if you're investing for a short-term flip, like in invest and then flip and then sell and, and expect to make a lot of money so there's not time. a lot of those around if you believe in the long-term vision of dubai if you believe in the city and its potential growth if you believe in in what's forecast in terms of the population growth by 2040 and everything that's going to be here then you're investing in dubai in the long term and and that's a completely different cat and fish yeah. Um, if you believe in the rental markets, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, like people this look, said, people yeah. looking at at transaction costs from twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. I mean, oh, it's too late now. Like, so when you you didn't know it was happening in twenty eighteen. You know, and if, if you looked at it in twenty nineteen, you probably would have said, "Oh, price are gone way up. I'm not going to buy." It. Like, there's this is no right time. This is it. Like, as in, like the people who were buying in two thousand eight and nine, the people who were buying in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, they didn't think they were getting themselves a hell of a deal. Mm-hmm. They thought, like, you know, they obviously they couldn't project how much it was going to grow by in, in three years. If they could, they'd be fucking Warren Buffett. Like, and I and I'm sure when it was in the middle of COVID, they were like, "Oh fuck, this was a bad investment." Yeah, it's 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 as I said to the guy, I was like, "It's only hindsight gives you the proof that it was a good investment at the time." It's like everybody investing in Bitcoin when it was at 20,000 being like, everybody else is like, oh, it's way overvalued. You know, it's not going to increase. And then it goes up to whatever, it went up to 45,000, 50, 60,000. Mm. And like they had completely missed, missed the boat. Like as in, it will always feel like the wrong time because you don't have the proof into the future to show that it's a good investment. Yeah. It's only looking back in the past. And that's the whole idea. Like you don't know. Like, you don't know if it's a good investment. Only it's just when what you've a done an investment you is, like, <laughs> but you can say that about anything, yeah. man. Actually, to be honest, like as in they always say that, like about the toughest thing about being a, a, like an entrepreneur, or a businessman, or whatever, is not knowing. Like 
no matter how much work you do, you still will never know. Like You won't know until you've got the thing. Can you look back at your old self and be like, oh, it was coming all along. I just didn't know. That goes for investment though, investing your time or investing in whatever, even moving over here. Like you don't, you don't know what it's going to be like. Do you know what I mean? Or you don't know where you're going to be in five years and any investments, time, money or emotions, whatever. Yeah. Like I was speaking to like one, the client that I sold that unit to in, in Azure that time, the way he was able to future think, like as in where he, like his time horizon was just like, the way he looked at time was just like, really, I learned a lot from it. Like he was just like saying that, like that he believed in Dubai as a long-term, like he was here with his wife, his girlfriend at the time that he's proposed to, like he's like, I'm going to be here for like the, almost the rest of my life. I really How like How does the young place. guys? Yeah, the young guy, yeah. like, and and he was able to be like, yeah, worked out the maths of it, like, and said, this is probably going to be a good investment. I believe mm-hmm. in Dubai City's growth. It aligns with who I am now, so I'm going to invest in. And it's and only been like six months and the property's gone up like three or 400K, like, but he doesn't want to sell. Because but even if you rented. look at the results of him having that belief, his friends buying property over here through him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because he didn't have to sell something to them. Like, he he just showed them his vision and they trusted him. Do you know what I mean? Like he obviously clearly believes in it. If the most trusted people of his been like, fuck, well, if he believes in it, I should probably hop on this, on this yeah. train as well. Like, um, and, and he, what do you have friends that invested in off plan then? Yeah. Because, because he, well, and, and he could point to this as being like, oh, look, even I, like, even I did it. Like, as in like, it's the whole idea of selling it with conviction again. Like, as in yeah. like, if you've, if you've bought something and you like the product, you're going to recommend it to everybody. But that got me thinking about like the way that I look at time and the way that I look at my time here in Dubai. Like I initially said before when I was coming over, before I came over to everybody like that I was speaking to, oh yeah, I'm just going to give it a year, see what happens. Like, you know, if, uh, if I enjoy it, I'll stay. If I don't, I'll leave. You can't, you, you don't know after a year, like you don't know. Yeah. And like I say, like if I don't see myself here for six years, like why should I be here for six days? Six years just happens to take me up to 30, but. But I think the fact that you don't know after a year is a sign. Like, I knew after a year in London that I didn't want to be there. That's true. Do you know what I mean? So if after a year, if it wasn't for you, you would have been like, okay, fuck, now get me out of here. Like, mm. I think they say, they say six months, isn't it? Six, 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 six months. Should I get that out of Six months um, in a new place. And you, you know, supposedly after that, if if you're going to enjoy it or not. Um yeah, and I don't think you'll ever fully know, but like I see myself here for the long term now. Yeah, you won't ever fully know, but you'll definitely yeah. not know. You'll not. You'll know when it's off. Exactly. You'll know, know when it's yet. wrong. Um, I was listening to Alex Ramosi podcast, and he was talking about being an entrepreneur or whatever, being a businessman and setting up businesses, and that every man has about <clears throat> has about oh, forty yeah. years of of working, like after twenty. So, <clears throat> so like let's say you're 20, like you could have, like you'd be working until you're 60, like in an ideal world, whatever, maybe 55. So that's 40 years. He said- 70 if you're in Ireland. (laughs) But he said, in order to know if something's going to work or not, you need to give it five years, Mm -hmm. like a business that you set up. So he said, essentially, everybody has, wait, 40 years. Yeah, so everybody has eight rolls of the dice. So like that can be terrifying for some people and it's yeah. not terrifying for other people. It's just like, let me give everything to this for five years. And then if not, 
take the chips off the table, invest my chips into something else for five years, and then just r- rinse and repeat. Like. I think that's easier said than done, though, because if you do it once, it doesn't work. You do it twice, it doesn't work. But for five you've, years, five years. You've spent a lot of cash in that five years. Like if you, if you truly put everything you've got into something for five years, everything, you can't just, okay, after five years, fuck it, right, start something new. Well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you, you look can, at it from I the suppose. side of doing it, working st- as, it, as if that thing starts as a side hustle, like that starts while you're working as something else. Well, no, he, he, he meant like set up a business just by yourself, like do whatever, like, and it doesn't have to, it, like it working is completely different definitions for other people. Like mm. it not working could be you not enjoying it. It not yeah, working true, might true, be true. that it's not taken home, you know, a million per year or it might, might not work because like you, it could be whatever. What would it be for you? What would, what would that definition be for you? If you give something five years, so you're given this five years, would your hope in that five years that it makes you rich or you discover your passion. I don't think it's, I don't think it's either of those, man. I think it's more, like, I think it's more me not, like in five years time, like I don't want to be stressing about rent. I don't want to be stressing mm. about like car payments. I don't want to be stressing about if I'm going to make enough this month. Like I just want to be making enough to maintain my quality of life and then actually be building something that's higher, or that's got like a bigger meaning than than what I'm currently doing. Like as in something that's, I have like passion for like, and I know you're not going to like spring out of bed every morning to do it, but something that I can build by myself that would be like, okay, this is something that I have built or this is something that is sustainable. This is something that, you know, is, is clear. Yeah. And do you think that you wouldn't find anything that would get you springing out of bed on a Monday morning? Because you hear so many people saying like, they absolutely love what they do. And I think, and obviously I was, like if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, I don't believe that. Maybe you just haven't found your passion. Yet. No, like as in, like they speak about this. The guy who wrote the uh, War of Art. Now, I've never read the book, but I've heard people talking about it. As in, like even your passion, if you're doing it for work, will feel like work during periods. Like mm. if you can think of people who absolutely love their job, like not three hundred and work whatever work, days yeah. Per, yeah. per week, they're going to jump out of their bed like. I mean, you will have periods of loving it. You will have but periods of flow, but you're you not going to just you love, love it. going the to the time. gym. I don't love going to the gym. <laughs> you fucking drag me off and off that you love it. Yeah, no, I don't love it. Like me loving it is just not a factor anymore. What do you do? What, like, uh, yeah, I suppose it goes rent. Like, that. what do you love doing? Do you know what I mean? There'll, there'll still be a day where, like, I don't love doing it. Well, look, I hate going to the gym, but I love it when I'm there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I love being in the gym. And maybe that's the same as, say, finding your passion and work. Like, Yeah, I, I think there's nothing. Like, I, I, I like doing these podcasts, like, but like, mm. there is elements of a feeling like work. There's nothing that I love. Like, I try and take liking and disliking something kind of out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Like, as in, just do it. Just do it. Like, as in, r- remove the emotion from the action. Like, as in, me in the gym, there's never a time where I love it. Like, because. At all. No, because I don't look at that. I don't expect there to be a, an emotion of me doing it. Like, as in, I'm doing it because it's required. It's like me waking up and um, doing whatever at a certain time. I don't love that. Like, as in, I try and like, 
it's not it's not the enjoyment of doing the thing. It's doing it because I know it's required. Like no wonder you're in such a mood the whole time, bro. You hate doing all of this stuff. <laughs> I don't. I don't love it. But I don't love it uh, or fucking hate life. It. I don't love it or hate it. Like it's just same at meditation. Like most mornings, I don't want to do it. I mean, when no, I'll tell you what I love. I love sitting here at the weekend when the, the sun is coming through the window. And I'm, I'm drinking a coffee and I'm reading a book. I fucking love that. Mm. But that's not to say that my passion will be drinking coffee and reading books for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, there's periods of that within. My guy just wants to retire. I just want to retire. But it's easy to romanticize retiring and drinking coke and it's on the beach until you, you're there yeah. for a week and you realize there's nothing else to do. I crack up. Um, so it's not really a factor. Like I, I like the idea that it's not a, it's become such like tripe about like, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. But like, I wrote that in my journal this morning. <laughs> But it's it's about who you build on the way, like. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about actually enjoying it. Um, like there's a quote, like the man who loves, the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. Mm. So it's like if you do the thing for the enjoyment out of the thing, if it if you don't actually hate it, you will do it for longer and yeah. and harder than somebody who's just fixated on the goal. What about you? Well, I. I, I actually don't know where this all started off, but kind of going back to that of, yeah, the man who loves walking. Like the, and the reason I was kind of thinking about that this morning, about it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, is more to have that gratitude for the shit situation, not the shit situation you're in, but for the situation you're in at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not living luxury, do you know what I mean? Or, or we're not going away on expensive holidays. And maybe that might be the destination. But I, just when I was thinking this morning in the five-minute journal, I was like, just being grateful for being able to go to work. Do you know what I mean? And that, and that for me would be enjoying, enjoying the process. You know? Get to go to work with, with my best friend. Fucking, mm. I have to see him seven days a week. But like, <laughs> at least I get to work. Do you know what I mean? It'd be worth sitting in an office working with people you don't like. Yeah. Um, so I suppose, yeah, kind of zooming back out and seeing that as. But that's going back to the whole long-term thinking again. Like as in, like you understand that it's it's about the person, it's about the journey, it's about mm. who you build on the way. Like and man, like as in you will learn so much about yourself, like within like within this industry, when you're forced to be in an uncomfortable situation, like through those periods, you learn so much about yourself. Like I think you've come on so much in the last six months. I was yeah, like I was even just thinking, if you were to take yourself out of this industry now and put yourself into any other industry. And you'd run rings around everyone. Like, mm. do you know I mean, if you were doing what you were doing at a salary-based job, who who would be doing that? Like, do you know what I mean? Who's gonna be doing that work ethic and and doing everything you do? Coming into the office and doing a full day's work on a Saturday and being on the phone on a Sunday, maybe if you need to, or staying first day and last day. Like, you're not doing that if you're working a salary. So, like, even that alone, like getting that wired in, mm. invaluable. Like. I don't think I don't think if I was in a salaried role I'd be doing as, as hard as this like but because you would have yeah. that safety net. I know what you mean but like I think that's what's so unbelievable about like performance based roles like about sales about setting up your own business yeah even as Dean said if you went back and did real estate in the UK or something and you were doing the stuff that you're doing over here do you know yeah but yeah that's it's the beauty of a performance based role because you do have to push yourself do you know what I mean yeah, and, and yeah, that's why I absolutely love it. Like, and that's why, like, I think, yeah, that I would always veer towards the sales aspect. Like, I liked sales or 
setting up a business or whatever. It's disgustingly like uncomfortable for periods. Like you never know what's gonna happen, yeah. which is is the good thing. You know, that was the one thing when I was working in the UK. Like going on a Wednesday, I know exactly what's happening today. Mm. And if if like, and and the only variable thing that can happen is something that wasn't supposed to happen. Therefore, will add stress to my fucking day. Do you know what I mean? So nothing, nothing good is gonna come from this day that I don't already know is coming. And mm. um, whereas over here, you don't know what the fuck's around the corner. Do you know what I mean? You get a phone call and that could make you money. Or you get a phone call that could lead you onto an opportunity or whatever. Um, but talk about gone off topic. Yeah, that's an absolute tangent. But I think we're tying in bits about that there. Like it's like it's not about the the short term reward. It's like yeah, the short term is easy. The long term is just mm. right. It's true to yourself. It's again, it's the delay gratification. Yeah. When you step back and look things, that's 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 all it is. Um, but I think if you delay gratification in all aspects of your life, it will transfer into what you do professionally. Like mm. if you just practice delaying that gratification, again, in in a lot of aspects of doing difficult things, going to the gym every single morning, not expecting instant reward or instant instant results from from your actions then it will transfer like your behavior will map that like you will do things that you understand are are for the long term and you'll see the bigger picture because there's a lot of in my experience there's a lot of people who don't see the bigger picture yeah absolutely and even from first-hand experience like not that you don't have to get snaked or you don't have to someone go behind your back for you to see people Mm. with a short-term thinking and that landing them in situations that are uncomfortable for them. Um, even like there's a guy in the office at the moment and has that short-term thinking of, oh, I need this, I need a big sale, like I need this sale because this is going to get me rich. And instead of just, as you said, long-term thinking, okay, I need to take over with these rentals, keep me taking over so I can get that big sale down the line. Yeah, deals, like deals close versus commission earned. If I, I'm going mm-hmm. to say that until it's out of fashion, like, because by you valuing just dealing with the most amount of people, the amount of doors that you potentially unlock rather than you closing one big deal once per year, deal with two people and then for them to never... No, five years time no one's still no one knows you still nobody knows you. this is the thing like, like that's my that's my fear like, like the the biggest detrimental like issue with people who haven't closed in six months isn't the fact that they've made no money they've made no progress yeah. like nobody knows them like nobody outside the office knows them they're not a specialist in any area they're like they're nobody that's going to get a random message in six months time from somebody who's might actually look to buy instead yeah. of rent like Last week I had two I had two of those on the same day. Like an old owner that I rented his apartment was asking me about a renewal and just mentioned the fact that he was trying to buy something, something that I have. Um and if nothing comes of that, so be it. But like there's just an opportunity that's landed. Like there's luck like. People yeah. will point to that and be like, Oh, that's lucky. But no, it's not. Generated it's, it's, luck. it's literally generated luck from me doing of, of thinking long term and just closing deals because that was that was you didn't shitty. think doing that rent that he's gonna inquire on a sale you know at the end of the line that was such a, a small rental too like yeah. such a small rental like a lot of people would brush that away and 
I only closed that because another agent from another company looked at that as a, as a small rental and brushed it aside. Yeah. They did, little did they know who they were dealing with, like in the in sense of the owner. But um, yeah, I think that's the bulk of it. To be honest. That is the bulk of it. Yeah. To be fair, um, from my experience, short term thinking is not the way to go over here. Um, from what we've gathered anyway. Yeah, you don't realize. You don't realize the amount of bur- bridges that you're burning. A detriment that is for yourself. Yeah, because you'll never know. And it's going back to the whole thing. Like you only have proof from looking back at something in hindsight. You don't know no. how many doors you're closing. Yes, we'll never that's, know. Yeah, that's quite terrifying. Like you don't know how many doors you're closing by. Yeah, absolutely. Opportunity action. gone, gone, gone. Like, yeah. Just like that short term thinking once could, could close off that opportunity that would have made you rich. Like Yeah, yeah. Mental. No. So, question of the week. Oh, I was just about to ask. Have you thought one? No. no. I was. Uh, I didn't think about one. I didn't think of one. I'll go first then. Okay. I suppose I, I've literally just thought about this when we were speaking as well. And today, over the last year, is it, what would you have? So this is what we ask our whatever guests we get on. But you've been here over a year now. So what would you have done differently in the past year? Or if you had to go back now, if you could go back and speak to Brian getting off the plane from Ireland, what's the one thing you'd tell him that you got wrong and you only realized during the road? Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm always hesitant to think about that. Like as in, because like, if I did things differently, who knows of where I would be now? It could be worse. It could be better. Mm. Like, basically, what did you learn for the better? But no, w- one thing I would do differently, like, would be like get rid of that self doubt. Like, get rid of that self doubt. Like, it doesn't serve anybody. I don't even know if you can accept that as an answer because you can't get rid of the self doubt without being. You couldn't sit like, you like, I, like I, there was no it. need for me to be walking into a company and not have any faith in my capabilities or my abilities to do well in any job. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I had serious self doubt. Like, it's something that I always used to suffer with. And like, obviously, I didn't have any proof, but there were similar things that I'd done in the past that could correlate. Like, I just walked out of a sales job where I was in it for four months, and then I was like, I broke records that be held in the company for eight years. Like, as in, like. Surely that's good enough proof that that can be transferred into another sales job or that you actually are decent at something once you put your mind to it and that should be okay. And and I just didn't have that. Like there were so many periods of self-doubt. Like when I go back through my journey of like, yeah, me not knowing if I was cut out for it or if I was going to do well or whatever. Like I just ignored those and did the thing anyways. Trust in your own ability though. Yeah, but it made the process so much harder than it needed to be. And making the process harder I'm so caught up between that, like, as in like, cause like, I'm such a, I'm such a victim of making things harder, unnecessarily harder than they need to be in terms of like, okay, this is a difficult, this is something that's difficult that I'm going through. Let's make it harder. Like, mm. as in like, if I'm here by myself, like, let's make it hard by me not socializing with people, me not having a good group of friends. I don't think you did hard, that. I don't think you did that to make that harder though. You did that to make it possible. Yeah, but like, as in, I kind of enjoy it being difficult. Like, if like I correlate yeah, fighting yourself, like. yeah, something being difficult and and it being worthwhile. Like, but not not everything worthwhile is difficult to obtain. Like, as as Mark's not everything about. difficult is worthwhile. 
Is that what he said? Mark know. said it in the podcast, in his podcast, but he said, not everything difficult to obtain is worthwhile. Like, so like you shouldn't correlate how difficult it is to get something with how worthwhile it is having yeah. it. Like, yeah. you know, um, so that was something that I, I wouldn't, I would do differently, but I, I do struggle thinking that because like, I mean, 10 times out of 10, if I went back, I'd do the exact same thing. But the process obviously taught you that. You couldn't just yeah, be like, true. come here and be like, oh, you know, I don't need to have self-doubt. Like that process of you doing the thing and, and putting the paint down is why you can look back and say, oh, now I didn't need to have self-doubt. There's no possible way you could go back and tell yourself, oh, I don't have self-doubt because you now wouldn't know that without going through that. Yeah, true. But like when I, when I, yeah, when I think about my younger self, like it's just like, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. I like, guess it's, it's not going to be that bad. Like, mm. Um, and just self-critical like as in there obviously was self-doubt there but you don't have to be so self-critical like um, to the point where it just disables you like as in yeah like and, and it meant that anytime I achieved something that I didn't appreciate it like and like oh like you know actually enjoy appreciating it's yeah. just like right when's the next thing when's the next thing when's the next thing yeah brush remember, it off like. yeah like I remember coming home like one time to my mom in my last sales job and I had done something unbelievable. Like I'd done like six, seven deals or, or seven, seven sales in like one day, like, and, and like nobody else had done that. Like, and like straight, the first thing that came out of my mouth when I sat down for dinner, I was like, oh yeah, but like it could have been eight. Like I, I missed out on one. Like, and she, like Brian, stop being so fucking hard. Why didn't I get like, 10? Yeah. Like stop being so hard on yourself. So like there's pros and cons to that. Like it meant that I'm just like constantly driving for the next thing. Like, but then it's important to reflect and take stock and be like, okay, like I did something, I did something good. Like I'm proud, but like, I'm not mm. satisfied. Like yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Um, yeah. Once you can take that step back and, and yeah. realize that you're after accomplishing something and, and give yourself a pat on the back. If, if that's mm. even all it is like a pat on the back. Yeah. Literally like Alex Ramosi said, actually I completely forgot what he said. So I'm not even he said a lot of things. Yeah, he did say a lot of things and I plagiarized a lot of it, but <laughs> Me telling other people about it makes me learn it myself. Harvard reference and blow all the podcast. <laughs> APA was my standard reference tool. Um, my question for you, Liam, that was a good question. Thanks. No my question for you. Shit, can't think of one. My question for you is if you like if you had all the money in the world, like what would you do? Like, what job would you do? Like, what is it that you love doing? Like, what I don't do you know. find yourself I don't know entering yet. periods of flow? Is there anything that you do that when you do time, like, goes by quickly? Um, I genuinely don't know. Like, uh, like, and I think that's, like, about what finding your passion is, like, um, I don't think I've particularly found mine yet. Like there's loads of stuff I love doing. But I think your passion is more than just what you like doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, so to be honest, I don't know. And I, I think it's something that it takes time to figure out. And I think that's why I'm kind of working as many different jobs and um, as many different cities as I can. Just to try and see like what is that passion and what kind of gives you that mm. spark. Um, if I had all the money in the world and you could set up like one business I 
I don't know, man. I'd love you to talk have. Talk to me about. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to have like um, the like barbershop slash cafe slash thrift shop mm. all set up on the beach, made out of like shipping containers. Nice. Anyone fucking copies this now? I swear to God. Oh, it's it's patent anyway. So yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I don't I don't want to do. Yeah, it. I think so. Something that you can be completely creative with. That's completely up to you. Um, that'd be such like just like if you had all the money, that'd be such a stress free job. Yeah. What I do today? Will I cut hair? Will I be a barista? Will I work? Where it know? doesn't matter if it makes money or not. You're yeah. just doing it for the pure enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah somewhere, somewhere scenic. Somewhere where people can come in and, and chill, enjoy yeah. themselves. Like I love, I love going into places that I that I like being. Mm. Like, I mean, your house is like that. You know what I mean? Like, sitting in your house, your house is so, like, it's calm. It's probably just me looking up for the yard. It's not a calm house. But, like, such a nice place. Um, like, there's just a few places like that where I'm just like, I fucking love being here. Like, mm. whatever feeling it gives you. I'd love somewhere to be able to create somewhere like that. Yeah, good energy. Yeah. My house is so uncoordinated. I look around, I looked around at it like a few years ago, being like, nothing in this fucking house matches. <laughs> And it's just literally because my mom was like, oh, I want this here. Yeah. I want this here. I want this here. And it's just expression of, of creativity, expression of what people yeah, are. Yeah, because like I like it. Yeah, and it, it is. It's, it's, it's a nice, like, yeah, it's a nice feeling. I know the feeling you're on about. Like, I always, yeah, like, I always kind of romanticize setting up my own, like, coffee it's shop. Place, yeah, whatever. places you go where you're just like, oh, I don't want to leave. Oh, yeah, I just, just chill, chill here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, creating, like, those kind of places but yeah i think that's it i think um still looking to find the real purpose mm. um <laughs> I, I, I literally have no clue like yeah i know yeah i think i think yeah, it's something it's to do with, help, with helping people with with um i definitely think helping people i find so much i find so much joy in helping people even even with little shit you know what i mean like if, if someone couldn't do something to work showing them do you know what mm. i mean i just yeah, being able to being able to help people out with with small stuff. Yeah, even. yeah. The important thing with that that I learned was you do have to fill your cup first. Mm. Like, was in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it is like. Fill your cup first, and then you can, yeah, help a lot of people. Like, and I think that's where the true meaning is. But we will see, man. We're only twenty four. Only twenty four. Only twenty four. Yeah, absolutely. I feel at this age, it feels like you're getting old. Like, I feel like once you hit the twenty five, it's like, oh. Mid twenties. Yeah, open the door. But um, yeah, uh, that's the a bit of a strung together chat this evening. Not strung yeah. together, but going with the flow. Yeah, obviously we were supposed to have a guest on um Sunday, but they weren't feeling the best, and neither were we. So it actually neither were we to be very cantrum under yeah. the bus. But yeah, um, yeah, appreciate everybody who's listened so far. It's um, yeah, always always nice to see that there's people listening and. Yeah, we had a lovely weekend this weekend with the Sunday social out there. Yeah, that was social. so nice, actually. Yoga so and nice. coffee, so. Something a bit different, yeah. And like even you can, the, the group's starting to grow. Um, the group's starting to grow, which is nice. And, and I can even in the in the chat, like everyone's talking among themselves, people who didn't know each other a week ago. Um, yeah. So hopefully we can, we can keep that growing and, and get a few more people down and um, meet sense. a few new faces and yeah, the link for that is going to be in our, our bio. The link for that is going to be in our Instagram. But yeah. yeah, that's the bulk of it. Look, thanks for everybody who's been listening to the episode. Really appreciate you. 
Absolutely. Thanks again, Brian. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Liam. Pleasure as always. Good luck. Good luck.